Welcome, everyone, to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 74. Um, Fredo Esparza here solo. Um, later on in the show, Kurt will be joining us as he wanted to talk about the Torneo Increíbles final from a couple of, I guess now it's a couple of weeks ago, featuring Volador Jr. and Barbaro Carbonario versus Ultimo Guerrero and Valiente. Um, Kurt really enjoyed that that match, so he wanted to talk about it. We we actually recorded his part while we were doing the Lucha right after we did the Lucha Classica episode, since we've, we're going to have a couple of busy weekends coming up, um, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, before I get to the news, um, be sure to visit our sponsors, Designed by Humans and Amazon.com. Uh, if you haven't done so and are interested in signing up to the Lucha Classica podcast, it's available at luchaworld.podbean.com. Uh, subscription price is two ninety five per month. Um, it's the the service is um, the subscription service is um, through Stripe, which handles all the credit card and debit card processing. Um, it doesn't accept PayPal for those who were who were asking. Um, first episode that is part of the subscription service is the Lucha Classica episode four Viano three versus Atlantis, covering that feud from. I think mid 1999 to March 2000. And I think we talked a little bit more about the post post feud situation where Viano three continued. And I mean, he became a popular technical for a bit. And, uh, but the entire feud was really fun. I, I highly recommend everybody listen to that show. Um, we, we talked about not only the match, but the, all the, all the angles that led up to it. From Atlanta's um, swing with dolphins, Viano three taking Super Astro's mask, winning the light heavyweight title from Atlantis, some bloody matches, the Vianos getting involved, Viano four and Atlantis having a title match one month prior to their mask match, where there was a little bit of um, interference by the other Vianos, very controversial match that would later be a, an issue. I think about six, seven years later with um, one, the other, I think Viano 5 versus um, Blue Panther, where a lot of people kind of suggested that there was um, that, you know, the the wrong Viano won the match, more or less. It, it was it was controversial, although I think I think that wasn't that wasn't fixed. It, that didn't have that issue. I think it was more of, of fans just assuming that happened since it had, since the Vianos had done that in tag matches, trios matches and all that. You could visit us at luchaworld.com. Follow Kurt on Twitter at Vandal Drummond. You can follow me at on Twitter as at the Real Fredo or at Lucha World. That's probably the easiest way to contact us. Uh, well, for me, you could contact me via email. Kurt Kurt is a little bit more. Um, if if you think I'm bad at answering email, he's even worse than I am. So, if, but if you want to give it a shot, go ahead. His email is liger at aol.com. My email is luchaworld at gmail.com. Like I said, later on, we'll have Kurt talking about the Torneo Increíbles final. 
So let's get to the news as uh, not a lot's gone on. Um, last show we previewed Dos Leyendas and Rey de Reyes. So by the time you probably listen to this show, that match, that show is already, both those shows are probably coming to an end or something's, you know, I think I, I, I was going to wait until after Dos Leyendas actually air, uh, was posted online by CML on, on VOD. But they mentioned they would do it right after the show, immediately after the show. But the last time they did that, I think it took about two, three days later. So I'm not going to be worried about it. And like I said, we're going to be, be busy the next couple of weeks, um, weekends. We're gonna try to go. We're gonna go. To, we're gonna try to go to the Promociones Cholo de Tijuana show in Los Angeles this weekend. Um, I already contacted Cholo about in, doing some interviews. I, I contacted him just because I didn't want to just go there and like, you know, bug guys about doing interviews. We had a pretty weird experience with Johnny Mundo a couple like a couple of months ago. So I'd rather just do it directly with the ask the promoter. Let him know we're going to be there. If not, you know, I think Trauma 2 will definitely, if he's there, he'll definitely talk to us. Um, but they're going to have Dr. Cerebro, uh, Mano Negra, a couple of other people that we're interested in talking to. Two weeks later, we are going to go on a road trip. We This is very highly anticipated by both of us. Nero Casas Felino and Zacarias El Perico are going to be in Oxnard. At some, I think it's the Miramar restaurant in Oxnard, California. Um, if you have, uh, it's next, I think it's March 26th. Um, if you have that day available, I recommend going to that. I mean, how often are you going to get a chance to see those three in, in, in the California area? Um, definitely not Zacharias. I mean, Nero Casas, last time he was here was, I think, three years ago. Felino, actually, Felino's here this weekend, so you could probably see. This weekend, I think this weekend or the following weekend, um, he's here. I think this weekend also, so he's here for two weeks, two weekends. Um, so he's more, he's more likely to be seen here. We're, we are. I already contacted them via Dallas. Um, she confirmed they would be here, and I already asked if I could interview them. I think I, Nero Costas is cool with that. Um, I want to interview all three of them, so hopefully they'll. I'll probably contact the promoter too, just in case, because you know how that works. You know, you ask the wrestlers, then the promoters get involved. And also, I don't want to, I don't want to make the promoters feel like they're um, less involved. I think it makes them feel better that they're, or it's, you know, courteous to ask them as well. Um, The big news this past week, Lucha Underground, finally on Netflix. Um, This has been, I mean, I think everybody's been talking about this for the last year, year and a half. Um, they finally were posted on the Netflix streaming service March 15th. First two seasons. If you haven't watched Lucha Underground, I recommend watching these two seasons. Plus, it's a binge. You could watch binge. It's a binge worthy type of show. So, I mean, you could probably watch four or five episodes in a row and be perfectly cool watching this show. I mean, you could probably watch it the entire weekend and really enjoy the show. There's a lot of. I think the the first couple episodes. I think the first two three episodes. Not as strong, but it keeps building up. And then there's, I mean, season one from, from I think, the third or fourth episode, a lot of strong shows. I think somewhere towards the end, there's a couple of shaky episodes, but it ends very strongly. Um, season two is also really good. Um, season three is the one that I think everybody's kind of having a hard time with. But hope that should start at some point. 
hopefully it'll sh- it should be good. Other news from CM- from AAA, uh, Vampiro was named head of talent relations for Lucha Libre M- FMV. That's basically the parent company handling AAA and um, and Lucha Underground. So he's basically overseeing talent for not just AAA now, but also for Lucha Underground. He's doing such a wonderful job that most of um, Lucha Underground's talent is working the crash shows. So I'm really not sure what the hell that mean that means because um, it kind of feels like Conan's still getting those guys to appear on um, the crash. It's a it's a weird, funny situation. Speaking of the crash, that's really the big news. That's even the that's really the biggest news this week. The crash recently announced that they had formed alliances with Pro Wrestling Noah and Impact Wrestling. Uh, we've already seen um, a lot of the Impact talent appear on the Crash. Past Impact talent, now at the heart. Matt and Jeff Hardy actually won the Crash titles. But now they're not in Impact. So now who knows what's going to happen with the ti- with the Crash titles. Although, they, the, the Crash can always do what um, Impact did, where they basically did a... They had a skit of the of the hardies and then like as the hardies were going to go um transport teleport themselves somewhere they basically had an, another tag team end up somehow teleporting their way into the title the, the tag team titles very interesting that was probably the best part of that episode i watched of, the, of impact um so maybe crash can do that or if not they could just vacate the titles and have some other team win it you know really who cares about that but the crash has two huge shows um I think a lot of people were asking me when Noah was going to basically um, when we'd see the see the impact of Noah. Basically, Noah is going through Haya, um, Hayashi, the guy that previously worked for AAA as a liaison for the Japan promotions. Um, he was basically the middleman for um, Noah dealing with AAA. Now he's now that he's left AAA, he's he's now joined the Crash and he's now the liaison between the Crash and Pro Wrestling Noah. The Crash announced their upcoming two lineups, their March 25th lineup in Tijuana and their April 5th lineup in Mexico City. Um, the March 25th lineup very is, is loaded, but the, the one in Mexico City is even like, I think they kind of just went and said, hey, let's just add even more talent to this, to this card. It is like, it's like an all-star event. I, I think this was more their way of like trying to just eliminate AAA from that area for some for you know obvious obviously Conan and all them it's competition you know that's what they're what that's what they're trying to do i don't think i don't think if they're thinking it's towards CMLL i don't think CMLL even cares they they probably don't even know that the crash is running a show there they'll probably find out as the show is happening on on that wednesday they're running wednesday too on in mexico city which is which is something that i think only elite has done as far as major promotions and um in that area. Uh, March 25th in Tijuana, the opener is Mirage, Oraculo versus Black Danger and Ultimo Maldito. Um, the second match is Mascarita Dorada versus Septimo Dragon. That should be good. Um, Septimo Dragon was really impressive in his match with Flamita. Mascarita Dorada is great. I mean, I think Mascarita Dorada can work with anyone and look good. It's just a matter of the opponent willing to, like, you know, show, you know, work with him. Um, the third match it features a debut in the crash. Flip Gordon teaming up with Mr. 450. Uh, they go against Arcángel Divino and Black Boy. This is, I think this might be Arcángel Divino's first match without his brother in, involved. So 
that should be an interesting uh, situation for him. The fourth match is Bestia 666, Extreme Tiger, Loretto Kid versus Desmond Z- Xavier. Or, Des- or <laughs> I'm sure he'll be called Desmond Javier in Tijuana. Uh, Famous B and Shane Strickland. That should be a good trios match. Um, the fifth match is Garza Jr. and Sammy Callahan versus Black Taru and Bobby Lashley. Um, that should be interesting. Black Taru Taros is um, really talented. I don't know if this is really the the right matchup for him because I kind of think he'd be better. I mean, he might help make Garza Jr. look good in this, but I'm so used to seeing Black Taros with um, you know better high flyers than. Then these guys should be a good match, though. Um, the main event is really what's going to get the crowd, you know, get people to go to that show. Um, it's the debut of the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus Daga and Rey Mysterio. That should be an amazing match. The Young Bucks, as um, Conan said, are great. Every, I mean, not just Conan. I mean, Conan said more about them, but... Um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think I should uh, repeat what he said about them. Some of the jokes he they they, they like to play about um, between themselves um, on his podcast. Uh, that should be great. This is really a good chance for Daga to to really shine. Um, he's really the one out of all these guys in this match that has um, has a lot to prove. Because I mean, he's really talented, but he's not at the level of these guys. If he's able to show that he can work at this level, I think this is going to open a lot of doors for him. Although I think this deal with Noah is going to be something that'll help. The one problem, the one thing I worry about with Daga is that uh, when I still, I'm still not sure if he's still part of Lucha Underground. I think everybody's still wondering if he, because I think he only made like one little, there was like one minor appearance of him in the season three. Um, some One of the videos or something showed him holding a sword or something. So he might still be in, in Lucha Underground. Otherwise, I mean, he'd be perfect for Noah right now. The April 5th crash show in Mexico City. I mean, this is like, I think this probably, this is going to like be the most expensive card <laughs> they've had in, um that they've run. I would assume this is going to be really expensive. Um, the opener is Arcangel Divino, Black Boy, and Zumbi versus Black Danger, Ultimo Maldito, and if you and making his the crash debut, now if you those of you who are haven't been following um, AAA's La Llave La Gloria um, tryouts, they had they had a um, tryouts a couple of weeks ago, and one of the guys who was who was who was who advanced to the next round and looked very impressive doing it was the guy who actually wrestles. On indie shows, most notably, you might have seen him in, in Lucha Mames. And um, and now he's actually going to debut for the crash, Astrolux. So that's kind of like the the most amazing, like, I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things where you just know, uh, you know Conan saw that La Llave La Gloria thing. Conan and whoever else from the crash saw that, who's pissed at AAA. They probably saw that and they said, hey, you know who... <laughs> You know what would be a good way to like fuck over AAA? Let's have Astrolux debut on the crash. I don't know if this is gonna hurt hurt Astrolux. Astrolux's chances in La Llave La Gloria. If I was him, I think I'd probably go with the crash. I think that's the hot promotion right now. 
And I think he's going to get better matchups early on than he would waiting to like even make it to triple A. Um, the second match is a women's match for the Crash women's title. Sexy Dulce, who I think is going to be boxing around that time also. So I have no idea how she's going to... I mean, if she's not hurt, by, she she might have to vacate the title. She might show up just to vacate the title. Well, she's in this match. Sexy Dulce versus Kira versus Santana Garrett from um, Impact versus Lady Maravilla, Candy White, Laurel Van Ness. I think I I only know of Sexy Dulce, Kira, Santana Garrett, and Lady Maravilla. I've never seen Candy White or Laurel Van Ness. Um, Santana Garrett, I've seen at stardom shows. We saw her at the, at the stardom show in Los Angeles. Um, I thought she was okay. She's she's attractive. I mean, I will give her that, but I don't know if she's that great in the ring. The third match is a match to determine the number one contender to the Crash Cruiserweight title currently held by Flamita. It is Ray Horace versus Loretto Kid versus Mr. 450 versus Septimo Dragon versus Ultimo Ninja versus DJZ. And that match should be amazing. I don't I don't know why I don't know what the crash is waiting for, but they need to figure out how to make this an eye pay per view at some I mean they gotta do some they gotta get 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 to get moving on that shit because they're these these lucha promotions are really weird about this stuff. I mean, they could make some money off of these things, and they could make money off of us Americans. I, I I know they I know a lot of these guys like they hear from the Mexican fans, and they start Mexican fans complain about how expensive um, VODs or iPay per views are. But I mean, that's not their audience for this. Their audience for these iPay per views and VODs are coming from outside of Mexico. That's where they're going to make money. They really should do it. I mean. They should do a do what um what CML is gonna do with um a next day type of um VOD because this match I mean this match is made to get people to pay to watch this um this i pay per view to watch this show on i pay per view um the fourth match is another really great looking match Jack Evans Mascarita Dorada Willie Mack versus ACH Bestia six 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 and Black Taro. I should mention that some um, there's a couple of people who film shows. So, although the bad thing is the one guy who um, films in great quality um, handhelds is in Tijuana. Uh, I don't know if that guy would go to Mexico City to just to film this show. I'm hoping he, I'm hoping someone like tells him he should go. Um, if not him, maybe someone else would do it. Back to the lineup. Um, the fifth match: Daga versus Sammy Callahan versus Air Fox versus Extreme Tiger. Another great-looking match. The sixth match uh, has Blue Demon teaming up with Brian Cage and Garza Jr. versus Bobby Lashley, Carlito, and Jeff Cobb. That might be the weakest. That might be the second weakest match on the card, uh, but still, it's a star-studded lineup. It's funny how Jeff Cobb's probably getting more bookings through the Crash than he ever did through AAA, which you know, and he likes he likes Mexico. Seventh match, the main event. It's Penta, El Cero M, Rey Mysterio, and Rey Phoenix listed as the king. So there's another name change for him. I think he's going with um, the king in Mexico because of the whole um, regist- name registration issue over there. Um, they are going up against Cody Rhodes, Matt Seidel, and making his the crash debut, another guy making his crash debut from Pro Wrestling Noah, Katsuhiko Nakajima. I mean... 
Nakajima versus Pentalcero M or Ray Phoenix would be freaking amazing. So that is the crash show in Mexico City. Loaded lineup. Like I said, I hope these guys like. I hope so. I hope somebody like from from the crash realizes that they should probably like make this show available online at some point. I'm not sure if they've. I'm sure they've gotten offers from people, but you know, for some reason, you know, Mexican promotions. We, I mean, Lucha Mamas, all these promotions, like they have some good cards. The Crash, um, they have some good shows, but they don't really go out of their way to do anything to put put them up on um, on um, i pay per views or on VOD. Um, the other thing from um, that has a little bit of involvement with um, AAA is um, Miguel Fonseca and. Oscar Garcia, who were recently um, fired from AAA, have have now taken roles with um, the full promotion, which is run by Tinieblas Jr. I think Mega Fonseca is doing a uh, handling press for full, and Oscar Garcia. I'm not. Sh- I'm guessing he's doing the same thing that he did with AAA. Um, he's a he's a good jack of all trades type of guy, so I think that's going to help full. Although full, that's another promotion that's got to figure out how to like get themselves a little more um recognition although they do draw a lot a lot of fans to their shows so you know they're they're doing it they're doing something more news from Mexico actually from Orlando um actually some news from Orlando the there there was a lucha show that was going to have Sam Adonis, Ultimo Guerrero, Mystico and Stuka Jr. um Sam Adonis announced that 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 none of the CML talent would be on would be heading to Orlando for that show he didn't mention that the show was canceled. I'm guessing it might have been canceled just because there were so many show wrestling shows happening that weekend, um, WrestleMania weekend. So I would assume that's been canceled. I heard it had a low ticket turnout, so that might be that might be the reason those guys aren't going to be there. Other Orlando news: Chick Tormenta actually got a WWE tryout. I don't think it is is the is the perform. I think it is in Orlando, the Performance Center. The WWE Performance Center. I don't know. Uh, Chick Tormenta, who I mean, you could, you could. I think she's, she's one of those. Um, she's probably she's a she's more known. I, I've seen her lately more listed on, on on shows in Texas, and then like some smaller lucha shows throughout uh, Mexico. But I think she's she's basically the last two three years she's probably been more mentioned in in the in wrestling like in Martinez Entertainment in Texas and. In other places, so she's been pretty much like um, position positioning herself to move on to WWE or get a shot there. I think WWE is doing a women's tournament similar to the Cruiserweight Classic. I wouldn't be shocked if her or Zuxies or both end up in that try in that um, tournament. I would imagine that the situation of Zuxies left it'd be similar to what happened with um, um, Mascara Dorada now Grand Metallic, where they do the tournament. Maybe she joins. Maybe she signs a contract and leaves. If they're not as in, if if it doesn't go as well, maybe they don't um, add her to it. Chick Tormenta probably has. I think she probably has a. I think both of them would have a good shot, just because I think um, Zuxis has also been traveling. I think going more to Puerto Rico than anything else. So that should be a that should be something you to keep an eye out. I mean, also the Stardom women are starting to show starting to show up and doing um i think a couple of them already i think kari hojo already agreed to a contract one's retiring and io shirai was at the that same tryout more news 
Super Luchas is the latest to join into the Lucha Libre podcasting. They are doing their own podcast. They it debuted, I think, early Thursday. And their first guest was Super Crazy. They basically just had Super Crazy for the entire hour. Um, he talked about his time in the ECW, starting in, um, wrestling in Japan for all the various promotions he worked in Japan, wrestling in WWE as part of the Mexicools with Juventud Guerrera and um, Nicho El Millonario. He he also he also was talking about wanting to return to the WWE, and that was being the, that was the reason why he wasn't going to sign a contract with any promotion. Um, he said he had offers from CMLL and from AAA, but he doesn't. And he also said that the uh, Marty Elias from um, from Lucha Underground, the the referee, had actually also asked him if he'd be interested in going to Lucha Underground. He doesn't want to sign any contracts. He's hoping to return to WWE. Um, he's talked to Tajiri about like forming a tag team, possibly like in the NXT or or 205 Live. Uh, he he has been watching 205 Live, and he gave his thoughts on 205 Live, and he said it wasn't very good. Um, he said it felt like Vince didn't really show any interest in it, so it didn't have the same um, feel to it that it that the other shows the the other WWE shows have. He he buried it a bit just because he he mentioned how a lot of the guys on 205 Live he has seen on indie shows or in Japan or in Mexico. And he said these guys all wrestle so much better outside of WWE and that on 205 Live, they look very limited. And he thought that maybe they should, um, they needed to work on that and improve it because it doesn't feel like a cruiserweight show. He, he brought up that he, um, they asked him if he, um, if he would recommend his, um, any of his family members to, um, to join WWE. Uh, I think he mentioned um, Rocky Lobo Lens a lot. And he said that he would, but he would hope that they would be a little older. Like once they reach like 23 or older, I think Rocky Lobo is probably still 19, 20 years old. Lancelot about the same. They, they, um, he also said that he wanted them to add a little weight. Um, they asked him what other wrestlers from Mexico or what other wrestlers overall he would recommend. And he talked about how, how there's so much talent, cruiserweight talent right now, you know, smaller wrestlers and how 205 Live could really have a lot of talent just because there's so much, so much of that available right now. And he said that the one guy he probably would, the one guy he did mention that he would recommend would be um, Dragon Lee. That if he left, he would join, he would want to take him with him um, to WWE. But then he brought up that he and Dragon Lee don't get along. So I don't know. I don't know why he would recommend, why he would want to take him with him. Although he did say he really praised him and said how great he was, but he wasn't very, um, he just said he, that they didn't get along. He also talked about, um, when he was talking about the Mexicals, he mentioned that Stephanie McMahon came up with the name. And um, he said it wasn't Juventud Guerrero, Juventud Guerrera, despite Juventud Guerrera saying that he was the one that did it, that came up with the name. He still had a little bit of, I guess, I think he did, um, I think Super Crazy did an interview with Maslucha a couple of, um, somewhere around they, the time they did, he made his first appearance with the crash, or when the Mexicals, Mexicals first teamed up in the crash. And he brought up how um, they basically talked about their time in WWE because Super Crazy had talked about how they had some, they had a rather bitter breakup in that um, Juventud Guerrero and Nicho kind of, you know, they, they didn't take advantage of the opportunity and um, they didn't really handle it well. So um, basically Juventud Guerrero got fired early and then Nicho got fired after. And Super Crazy kind of felt that they kind of um, cost him his job at that time. 
with WWE. So he said he he basically brought that up again. Um, the other the other the other interview he had done, he had said that they had settled it and um, they've moved on from that. But he he just wanted to clarify the the reasons for that for that group's breakup in um in WWE. More other news. Probably the biggest news, and I, I think this is something that uh, I'm hoping I could talk about with uh, Mano Negra this uh, weekend. Uh, if I don't get to talk to Mano Negra, I will be rather disappointed just because there was an article that um, the Cubs fan pointed out on his, um, on his website, luchablog.com, where um, they, talked, um, they had an article where Sinelli um, was talking about her diet on how to stay fit to um, be a, a luchadora. And she talked about her her past, about her. Um, I, she she actually completed her education and actually had a job. Uh, she actually had a real job before pro wrestling. They revealed that her age is actually thirty five years old, which I think everybody was surprised because I think the way she looks physically, we thought she was like in her early. The way she looked physically and the way she just came came out of like, I think everybody's accustomed to, you know, wrestlers coming in, being younger. Uh, we were surprised that she t- to find out she turned. She was actually thirty five years old. I will ask. I, I don't know if I, I don't think I'll ask Mano Negra about about his daughter's age, but I, I'm just curious to know more about um his his, his thoughts on uh, because she basically brought up that he um he wanted her to complete her education before she made her decision on ta- on on becoming a luchadora because I guess she wanted to do it very at a young age, but he told her he told her she had to complete her her um her education. So I think it went well. I mean, I think it's I think it's a harder it's a harder um, life to to be a luchadora, and I mean even a a, a pro wrestler or a luchador, um, Volador Junior has brought that up. How he thinks there's a lot of um, he was telling us when um, when I was asking him if he thought his um, if he would recommend his son when his son was old enough would he like him to be a pro wrestler? And he kind of mentioned that he probably wouldn't unless he had the same work ethic that he does. Because basically, for those who don't know, Volador Jr. actually dropped out of school um, at a very young age to follow his his um, a career in Lucha Libre. Um, his dad wasn't happy about it, but um, his dad basically told him that he had, um, if he was going to make it a career, he had to work hard. And if you've heard stories about Volador Jr., he's a uh, very crazy, um, he trains a lot, and he does a lot of work, and that's the reason you always see him. Like, he's one of those guys who doesn't take a day off, really. So, um, I think that's. I think that's that kind of just tells you how you really have to have a, a an incredible work ethic. And I'm guessing that's that's how it is with everybody that's made it as a superstar in pro wrestling. They have to have a certain work ethic to to move up the card. Or, you know, if you're a good kiss ass, it's also a good way to get to to make a career in pro wrestling. Other news from CMLL, this is um, Efesto was announced early Thursday, I, late Thursday actually, as being off Dos Leyendas. Um, he actually suffered um, some sort of blood poisoning and had to be uh, taken to the hospital on Wednesday. Um, they said they, um, they, did, they had to do surgery on him. Uh, it's possible, I think, there, I think the, 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 the blood poisoning he had is some sort of um, condition where if it goes to a, a like an organ or something that 
then I think it required some sort of surgery. I don't really know. You don't normally have that. Normally it's medication or, you know, antibiotics that, or you'd go to the hospital for that reason. Um, but he had to, they did a, they had, he, they had to do um, surgery on him. He's already announced, they've already announced that he's going to be out about a month due to the surgery. They also announced Apollo Valdez from Medio Tiempo reported that Echicero would be replacing him in the Dos Leyendas match. So I think it kind of improved. Um, Echicero basically has already teamed up with uh, various forms of the Hijos del, del Infierno. With, he's teamed up with Luciferno, Nefisto, and Nefesto in the past. So I think he's basically the he's basically the fourth member, although they just CML is so stubborn that they decided to go with Luciferno instead of him when it it was pretty obvious that they should have gone with Echicero. I think that match, I don't think you lose that much from going from, I mean, it actually improves going from Efesto to Echicero. So before I start talking about a bunch of matches, um, just wanted to mention the March 10th Friday CMLL show, which is basically the go-home show before the, the go-home Friday show before the Dos Leyendas um, show this coming Friday, which I think everybody's, I think at the moment everybody's kind of like not really as interested on the, in that card. I think more people are interested in the crash lineup from April 5th than really the, the Dos Leyendas or AAA Ray that Reyes shows. I mean, I don't, I, I, they don't, it's not that they're all like the worst shows ever, just like the Dos Leyendas main event mass match is probably my least interesting, probably the, the least interesting thing to me that has happened in the last couple of years in Lucha Libre. I don't really care. As I mean, Dragon Rojo Jr. and um and CML Informa was asked who he, who to p- he would pick to win the mass match, and he basically said he didn't care because he didn't like either guy. <laughs> so he hoped they lost. They both lost their mask, and I mean, I probably would not only hope that they would lose their mask, but they would leave, have Diamantes move to France, have Pierrot go wherever the fuck he's gonna he's from and never come back. Uh, but you know the, the the this past Friday show was pretty good. Um, other than the main event, the main event wasn't that great. They did, I thought they did a pretty good job for um, to build up the what's going to happen with Diamante Azul and Pierrot. They beat down Diamante Azul, and um, they even used the tray of potato chips to beat him up to to like humiliate Diamante Azul. I'm guessing Diamante Azul is definitely going to end up winning the mask match. Um, if he doesn't. I don't know what they want to keep him for. I mean, he doesn't seem like he'd be that interesting. He's not that interesting in interviews. I mean, the guy has done so many in- interviews. He did an interview with uh, Mas Lucha. He did an interview. He did several interviews with Informa. A couple of other places he's done interviews. It's like, my God, how many interviews can you... You hear one Diamantes interview, you heard them all. They had a lot of... Uh, a couple of injuries, Forastero... Forastero got hurt. Bobby Villa got hurt. I guess somebody mentioned Nero Casas, like was briefly shook in his after in towards the end of his match. The opener had Sagrado and Misterioso beating Fuego and Soberano Jr. Misterioso Jr. Revo- removed Soberano Jr.'s mask and wore it at the end. Actually, it was funny. They Sagrado put Misterioso Jr. on his shoulders to um, to celebrate the win, which was silly because it was the opening match. Uh, there. I think they're building up to some sort of cage match because they've been doing a lot of um, 
mass match challenges between Mister with between undercard guys, um, Misterioso and Soberano Jr., Ripper and um, Blue Panther Jr., Gar- Guerrero Maya Jr. and and um, Dragon Rojo Jr. Angel de Oro's been thrown in there. Ray Bucanero was man- was in there at some point. So there's something. I think there's something to that. Um, the second match had Sansón, Cuatrero, and Forastero beat Guerrero Maya Jr., Esfinge, and Drone. This was a pretty good match. I actually thought it was the second best, best match on the card. Um, Cuatrero looked amazing. I mean, I think it's starting to look like he... I mean, this guy should be... Um, they should start building him up as a as a potential challenger to Maximo Sexy for the heavyweight title because he's really that good. Sansón is really good too, but I think he's a little bit... He's, he looks a little trimmer than Cuatrero. Forastero botched uh, the spot of re- running up the ramp to jump over, you know, to, to springboard off the ropes. He got he ended up getting caught in the in the ropes and, and tripping. Um, that's happened to Mystico and Marco Corleone and a couple of other people. So, I mean, you know, the good thing is he wasn't hurt and came back. He, he's got to keep trying and doing it. I mean, it's going to happen every once in a while. Sansón and Cuatrero were really quick at um, covering for that for him, but you heard a lot of people kind of like, doing the whole, um, you know, guy could have got hurt and they're kind of like whistling and, you know, shitting on the poor guy. Um, Stuka Jr. beat Bobby V in a match relampago. I think we all, it was funny. I think I was asked about, I think I wrote about this match and I I, I thought I I even mentioned it was good or something. And I was like, oh, I didn't even watch this match because Claro Sports, uh, their feed um, died on us. So all we came back to was... um, was the finish where Stuka Jr. did a Casadora bomb off the top rope and he landed his his rear end landed on Bobby Villa's head. <laughs> so poor Bobby Villa kind of like got shook up with that. They placed a neck brace and stretchered Bobby Villa out. Um he was I think he was okay afterwards. I think he wrestled a couple of days later. Atlantis, Volador Jr. and Marco Corleone beat Sam Adonis, Negro Casas and Felino. Um Marco Corleone and Sam Adonis seemed to be feuding. I didn't really think, I didn't really think they there was that much from Volador Junior Atlantis. Mostly Marco working with Adonis and actually Sam uh, Marco doing some more with Negro Casas and Felino, which is always fun. I think Zacharias even got involved in there a bit. Okay, okay match. The fifth match was actually pretty good. The Los Guerreros Laguneros, Ultimo Guerrero, Euphoria, and Niebla Roja beat Mystico and Dragon Lee and Valiente. Uh, good match. They. St- they keep coming up with these weird combinations of um, Sky Team and and Dragon Lee and Caristico. I think they're trying to find the the mix that'll whether or not to break up the Sky Team, whether or not they're just going to have a uh, that five man unit like just switch back and forth. Uh, which is uh, it's CML, so you know that's going to happen. Um, Caristico, the the main event, Caristico, Maximo, Sexy, and Diamante Azul beat Los Ingobernables via DQ. Two straight falls. The Ingobernables just destroyed Diamante Azul at the end. Eh, really not much to the match. Then uh, there was a lot of matches I watched. Show This show was good. Was was good. Um, really, I mean, if I had to say, if you want to watch something from that show, um, watch the semi-main event and the second match. The other matches, you know, they're okay, but I don't think you have to worry about watching them. Other matches I watched recently... Uh, Ares versus Belial versus Impulso and the Mask versus Hair match from February 26th. All these matches are available on, on YouTube, I think. Yeah, they're all on YouTube, so they, you could definitely find them. I'll probably post links to all of them. Um, 
that match was from the WMC show from uh, Arena San Juan. Uh, this was a bloodbath. I actually thought they probably bled a little too early. Belial, I thought, was perfectly fine bleeding early considering he was going to be the one that ended up towards the end. But I thought Impulso kind of Impulso bled early and then Ares. I think it, had they kind of like pasted a, pasted a little better where maybe they had Ares bleed a little closer towards the end or maybe not. At, one of those guys probably didn't have to bleed because I think when they all bled so early, the crowd kind of like didn't react to anything towards the end because they were pretty much just shocked that these guys were bleeding all early in the match. So, so you, the crowd wasn't, didn't seem that into it, but it was a good match. I thought Ares did a great job towards the end where he was kind of like um, suckering in on Belial into believing that he had hurt his, his knee. And then he tried to steal steal a win, but Belial was able to kick out and ended up winning. Really good match. Uh, the other really good match from that weekend was uh, from the February 25th, the Crash Show, Flamita versus Septimo Dragon. I actually like this match more than that other match. It's more my my, my taste in matches. Um, and plus Flamita and Septimo Dragon are really good. Uh, I think Septimo Dragon is somebody people should keep an eye out on. Um, he's really looked, he looked really good in this match. Flamita, I mean, Flamita's a, I mean, when he's booked properly, he's a top 10 luchador in, in, in Mexico, a top guy around the world. He He's in Dragon Gate right now. So, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I think he's somebody that, I think he's somebody that, promotions like triple and cml really dropped the ball on cml could have had him didn't bring him in because he was so small um that's something that um demos 316 was talking about and i think this is what hurt flamita at the time when he when he was trying to get into cml i think he tried twice and couldn't get in either time because there was issues um volador jr mentioned that this was one of the reasons that he uh flamita basically demos demos 316 was talking about how at one point, CMLL wasn't as interested in smaller luchadors to enter the regular size or standard division, uh, male division. So they weren't as um, they weren't as keen to guys who were like smaller, like in the you know five three five five range. So those guys weren't getting at it. Um, he said he brought up how um, guys like Dragon Lee, Stigma, um, Disturbio, they've kind of changed CML's perception of those guys. And now the guys who are kind of having issues now are the are the minis division because now the minis division a lot of the minis aren't really the your um, typical minis from the past where that were like short really small guys you know minis like like I think right now the only guy who really does fit that minis category is um, Shockercito and I think Universal mini pequeño Universal who sucks really but I mean those are really the two guys who are really small I think there's maybe one or two other guys that are in that range. But everybody else is Perotito's um, really short too. But everybody else is a lot taller. So Stuquita can work with like Volador Junior. And I don't think people would really, or with Mystico and Dragon Lee, and I don't think anybody would notice that big of a difference. Or Valiente, I think Stuquita might be taller than Valiente. So there's that. There's a change in that. But I think that kind of Flamita's kind of like still viewed as. I think I think it would require. Like with CML, it always requires you have to be either a family member of someone already in the promotion or you have to be really close to like Ultimo Guerrero or one of those guys who has a little more stroke in the promotion. And in AAA, you know, AAA is just a mess. So it's really, I think that was, that that was, I think that's one of those things where uh, I don't think anybody really wants to, I think if there's an option 
to not go to AAA, I think guys are really picking that other option. I, I think even the guys who went to La Llave a la Gloria, Iron Kid even mentioned that he had people tell him not to go to that thing. And he kind of mentioned that the only reason he kind of wanted to go was that he kind of felt he missed out the chance the, the, in previous opportunity to be in the, the other competition that um, that AAA had ran, um, La Quentinta, La Corona contest. He wanted to be in that, and he missed that, that opportunity, and he just felt he couldn't pass up this opportunity this time around. Another match that I watched that was really great, um, a tag match, Reyes Scorpion and LA Park versus Penta, El Cero M and Daga from Arena Lopez Mateos on March 1st. That you can find on, on Mas Lucha's um, YouTube channel. Great match. Daga kind of looked like he was a little bit out of it. But he really, like, I think he brought a little bit, he brought the he brought energy to that match. I think it's more, Daga is more better suited at strong style. I think Daga would look so great working with, like, guys like Dragon Lee and, and you know, the the, the Noah guys, Nero Casas match, some, Ronnie Mendoza, guys like that. This more of a crazy brawl. I mean, I think it kind of, and this match really, what makes this match so interesting is that the very first fall is just Reyes, Scorpion, and LA Park beating down Penta, Cero, M, and Daga. Where they just used table, um, the the chairs, uh, they threw beer at them. They just were. Uh, La Park used his belt on them. Just an absolute beatdown. And then as the as the as that fall ended, the second fall, uh, Pentel Cero M and Daga got a little more involved. They did a couple of. Um, they actually took advantage. It's still a crazy brawl. At one point, Ray Scorpion, uh, Pentel Cero M and Ray Scorpion are brawling. And uh, Penta grabs a drink from a fa- a beer from a fan, and he starts drinking it. And Rey Scorpion is right next to him. He grabs the the beer and just tosses it at at Penta Cero M. Um, they just kept doing some some really interesting. They just brawled throughout the crowd all uh, for much of the match. The match itself towards the end, really, I think the finish is like your typical LA Park finish, where you know they have to end like with a screw job. So it ended up before that um, LA Park. The ref got taken out, and LA and the ref was laying down, laying down on the on the floor, and LA Park kept stu- kept kicking him and punching him and stuff like that. So then, um, when they got back to the the match, and every everybody's getting ready to end, you know, as the match is coming to an end, the ref comes back in. But um, what had happened was Reyes. I think each everybody fouled each other, and the ref decided that. Um, because everybody fouled each other, he looks around like shocked, trying to confused, trying to figure out who 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 to give the win to, and he gives it to Ali Park and Ray Scorpion, the guy who was beating the crap out of him on the floor just a couple minutes ago, earlier. So it's like I just I thought that finish was really stupid, um, but the, the the entire match, I mean, if you go prior to that, it was great. What I thought was even better than that was Rush versus Ali Park from Barakat Entertainment. Um, their March 11th show. This was amazing. I actually, I think this was posted right, um, I think the weekend, and I had just watched Impact. And I gotta say, that Impact show from last week was so bad. This was the show where uh, where Alberto debuted for Impact, and they brought in Bruce Pritchard and Dutch Mantel, and they did the whole squabbling, squabbling announcer um, gimmick throughout the two hours ruining that show i mean i don't think anybody i think i don't think you could actually say that was anything good i had dave Meltzer mentioned it and court bauer told me 
that the reason that that the announcer thing was going on was because they were trying to phase out Josh Matthews. And to them, I say, who gives a fuck about Josh Matthews being moved out of the announcing table for Jeremy Borash? I mean, who cares? This is stupid. It's the announcers. I mean, it doesn't matter. One little like five minute com uh, segment. That's all you need. You don't need these guys on for two hours, ignoring everything that's going on in the ring. I mean, talking about how the WWE and 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 everybody was talk- bringing up the WWE. Jer- um, uh, Josh Matthews talking about, oh, I was great. I I I got to call. I got to announce that at WrestleMania, making Impact look even stupider. I mean. I have no idea why these. I mean, why either Cord or Dave thought that that was a great idea or anything. I I think Dave Meltzer said that after, like, towards after that one segment ended, he felt that the rest of it was kind of uh, was too much. I mean, it took away from the rest of the show. The show was horrible. Other than the the Hardys segments that I mentioned earlier that they did, I, I thought that the rest of it was awful. Um, it was so bad. I kind of thought, man, you know what? I'm gonna quit doing everything about wrestling. I wanted to give it up. I, I didn't want to do anything. I was going to quit doing it. I think I stopped. I didn't, I didn't even do this podcast just because I thought that show was aw- so awful. But then I watched Rush versus Alley Park. And I think that pretty much made me realize I shouldn't watch Impact and just enjoy all the quality Lucha Libre that Mas Lucha and all these, and Video Nemesis and all these other people that are kind enough to put the Cubs fan all these people that post all this great stuff, all this great content on um, online, on YouTube, I can enjoy that stuff. I can go to Lucha shows. I don't have to worry about Impact. I'll watch it once whenever they do another change because you know they're going to have another problem five years, two, three, five years down the road. They're going to make another change. Something bad is going to happen. And I'll watch it again because I'm stupid. You know, I'm a stupid wrestling fan. All of us wrestling fans are suckers. We end up going back and watching it. And then we realize how stupid we were to give it a second chance. But like I said, as long as there is somebody putting up, as long as there's somebody who promotes good wrestling and there's somebody who will film that one match that I will enjoy, I'll continue watching. And Rush versus Alley Park, I think it brought happiness to me. Rush versus Alley Park was fantastic. Highly recommend it wild brawl as you'd expect i think that was the one difference um when you watch ali park versus pentacero m or endaga i think it kind of was him taking more of and plus the dude is huge i mean if you look at i mean the dude looks like he's like 300 pounds right now ali park looks huge <laughs> i don't know if it's because he's on an hd or not he's a big dude now but when he wrestled Pentacero M and Daga, he kind of like took more advantage against that. That was he had the edge over those guys. Like it was them, kind of coming to the independence to like, like, like to um, challenge him. Whereas Rush versus Ali Park was a lot more even, and these guys just beat the crap out of each other. They bled. Um, Ali Park at one point disappears into the crowd, comes back with a box with a ton of beer bottles and just throws it at, at, at rush. This is not a match that if you're into, like if you're going to be squeamish of blood and chair shots and, and be shots to the head and stuff like that, or, or like belt shots, this is not a, a match for you, but this was fantastic. Um, just a wild brawl. Um, the finish as usual, interference from La Mascara, um, Hijo de LA Park got involved. You know, typical interference from LA, the t- typical LA Park finish. Um, they did. They did throw Alley Park challenge. Request, demanded a, a mask versus hair match with Rush. I think Rush might have accepted. 
Um, but you know how that goes with those guys. They, they accept, but it never happens. Alec Park did mention that he didn't want that if you that um, he wanted to have the match somewhere else and not in CMLL because in CMLL they have so many rules that he can't he can't conform to those rules and he said he's already attempted to conform to them they but he just he respects them for having rules and all that but he just can't conform to them so he would like to have the mass the the mass versus hair match somewhere else. Um, Mas Lucha mentioned that after the after the show, the promoter for Baracal Entertainment asked if were they were were the contracts were that they want he wanted to deal he wanted to put together this mass match. I doubt it's going to happen, um, but you know, as long as they give us Rush versus Valley Park every so often, I'm happy. Uh, highly recommend it. Definitely, you guys should watch that. Uh, the The final match that I wanted to mention was the Reiko Meta versus Barbaro Cavernario match from. This past Tuesday for the Mexican National Welterweight title. I think everybody kind of thought Ray Cometa was going to lose. Because <laughs> if CMLL doesn't remember you held, holding that title. And this is your first title defense against a, a guy who's re- been red hot in the last several, like since since last September um, in Barbara Cavernario. You assume he's going to take the match, win the title, and you know, you move on from that. Well, no, Ray Cometa ended up stunning with a stunning uh, upset retaining the title in a really good match um not as great as the matches from last march or the previous matches i from last um from last i think it was june june july so around that area that time period i think it was i think they had two matches one in june and one in july so um and then they had another one previously so they've had a few matches that i didn't think this was at that level but still really good I think anytime you put Reiko Meta versus Barbara Carvernario, it guarantees you're going to have a good match. I keep wondering when... I, I'm going to ask Negro Casas when I see him to do me a favor and ask for a title match against Reiko Meta because I am dying to watch Reiko Meta versus Negro Casas. It could be on a Tuesday show. It could be on a Friday show. Or it could be on a, on a Monday show. I'm sure a boring Puebla show, they'll find a way to make that entertaining. Even like if it's a 17 minute, 15 minute match, I'm okay with it. Um, but I want that to happen, and I I will ask Nero Casas if he could do that. <laughs> I'm sure he might. I'm sure he's going to tell me he can't, or he'll see what he could do. But you know, as long as he says maybe I'll th- maybe we'll. I'm going to start, and if he and if he doesn't give me the answer I want, I'll ask I'll ask again on Informa, uh, where I, I think Nero Casas would know right away that it was me asking. I'll bug him about it nonstop until it finally happens. But yeah, those are some matches I, I recommend watching. And now Kurt is going to talk. Kurt has joined the sh- is going to join in and talk about the Torneo Increíbles final that he enjoyed, and he's going to talk about our upcoming trips to lucha shows. And let's talk about the finals. I actually talked about it the previous podcast, but you wanted you wanted, I just had to you talk wanted about a, yes, yeah. and, and I said, "Okay, Kurt, go ahead." The finals of Torneo Increíble is one of the best matches I've seen in a long, long. Time. That was the best match from this year so far for CMLL, really. Yes, and I have to say, I have seen some Japan. You know, I when people. Oh yeah, you watched the Okada Omega match. Yes, right? yes, and while that match was just mind-blowing with the length they went and uh, 
the technical moves. <clears throat> and yes, it told, told a story, but it was a long, long match. And how do I say? Cavernario and Volador Jr. versus Valiente and Ultimo Guerrero, I have watched three times. Wow. That's how much I loved it. And I would choose it over one of the Japan matches every day. One, let's just say it, I'm biased. Yeah, yeah, you like the style. Yeah, I like the style. The passion involved in this match. Uh, Quite the passing of the torch in this match, too. You know, I I, I remember I saw you and several other people tweeting about it the night before. And on most Friday night shows when I see people raving about something, I watch it maybe four or five days later. (laughs) I watch this one the very next day, and I've I've watched it twice since. And this is the most fun I've had watching a wrestling match in a long, long time. Yeah. You know, the for me the tornado incredibles were hit and miss personally. Yeah, the the, the first couple of rounds is just boring. Like yeah. the, the whole getting to that match was boring. The final match was amazing. I love how Cavernario and Volador just it turned into babyface versus heel. I love how it started off with uh Cavernario and Ultimo Guerrero going with some clean yeah. hold for hold. And you get to see uh, Cavernario do some do a little more scientific moves than... I mean, he, he does them, but... In this match, he showed a lot more of his babyface side. And it is very appealing, I gotta say. He's yeah. a good... And, you know, so Cavernario and Guerrero, they start off, do a little hold for hold. Totally clean. Then, when Volador and Valiente get tagged. I love how Valiente just jumps in the ring, and before he even touches Volador, he goes into heel mode all the way. He's just... He looked like he's wanted to be a Rudo forever. Mm -hmm. And it immediately goes into, like, that's when the fight starts, when they actually start, like, laying into each other. And uh, when I say passing of the torch... I love how Volador does his over-the-rope uh, tope onto Ultimo Guerrero, only to have Ultimo catch him yeah. and powerbomb him. That looks sweet. And the passing of the torch is because Valiente puts away Cavernario clean, and right after that submits Volador Jr. And... A few years ago, we've always you and I have always dug Valiente. Yeah, we love how it looks like he does those flying moves effortlessly. And at the same time, I always kind of understood why he was never pushed to the top. There was just something there. Ever since he's changed his look, and ever since seeing him in this match, this guy should be on top. Yeah, he's really good. This guy's like a badass super asteroid. I, I think. I think. Yeah, I, I think the the problem with him is that he he was he's been around for so long that I think it kind of made it harder for him to be more. I think people. I think people kind of got you know they got tired of him never getting that push. Yeah. So then, like, they moved on to other people. Well, <laughs> so I, like, I hope they keep because so like, he really no, is a different it's, wrestler. It's, it's not that they're not fans of him. Like the the, yeah. the fans themselves. 
it's that now you have like they've moved on to like Titan and all these other right. guys and Valiente I think a lot of the fans who don't like him it's because of the bodybuilding thing <laughs> like they, oh, the yeah, outfits yeah. and stuff and like you know that what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta plead guilty if it's but, Kurt, but Kurt's a bodybuilding fan I guess. <laughs> let's just admit it you know, steroids is something that's steroids, steroids, stay. steroids. Kurt accepts steroids. He's he's moved on. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I don't give a rat's yes. ass if you're on the juice or not. <laughs> I don't give a yes. rat's ass. Um, <clears throat> but I and I have to say, this whole new look has given this whole new persona. I I got to be honest. After this match, I think they should fucking turn him heel. I think I, Mystico I th- was a great heel, and he, he or I should say Caristico. Yeah. This guy outdoes Caristico. As yeah, I don't know. I think Caristico is a far better heel than Valiente could be. If he would be heel. Yeah, if he would. Because Valiente hasn't been a heel, so... But I, really I thought he did such a great... And I, Okay, so the second fall, I love how the Rudos are just... You know, it's a quick... It, and I didn't even mind the standard formula where the first fall was quick, the second fall was quick. You know, and but I just love the sweet transition of the Rudos bullying the Technicos. And it wasn't just this time-killing... Bullying that you see two on one usually or three on one in six man matches. Uh, it was a sweet comeback and it it almost looked bad when uh, Cavernero did that drop kick off the top rope because the actual feet didn't connect with the head, but he landed he landed right on yeah. top of Valiente, so it still looked like he nailed him, just not in the way it tended. Uh, and. Uh, Volador did his patented uh, backbreaker. What is that called? Back backcracker. Backcracker. Yeah, the one to the back where he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like Rodia or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People are like, Kurt doesn't know what a backcracker is. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a name in Spanish for it. Backcracker. Backcracker. Okay. Yes, backcracker in Spanish. The cracker of the back. Is back backcracker. Backcracker. Okay. <laughs> so. Third fall, love seeing the double uh, top rope toe base by Cavernario and Volador again. Uh-huh. A very baby face thing. I really dug seeing Cavernario. You know, he's one of those guys. He, he is a is a Rudo. How, how much can you hate a guy like that? Of course, in this day and age, Rudos are loved just as much as Tech. Yeah, it, it's it's you know it, 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 it's a different. What you think game. of Volador Junior.'s glasses before that? His glasses? His sunglasses. I didn't see the sunglasses. You didn't see them? Let's see. Oh! <laughs> mm, I you, love You didn't, see, you didn't see the promo, right? No, of course I didn't see the promo. Yeah. I went straight to the match. <laughs> Which, uh, and that sweet over-the-top rope arm drag that... Uh, Guerrero did on Volador just look great. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that a lot of times sounds good in theory and just looks clunky. This looks smooth. And did even, you, even... Did you see this chick on the show? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, there was another moment that I didn't notice until the third time. Uh-huh. In fact, this is the part I'm just getting to now. When... Cavernario did his patented uh, body press tope, uh, and right after that, Volador did the dive onto Valiente in the crowd. Yeah, I didn't notice until the third fall. Fi- uh, until that third fall, when uh, 
Valiente and Valer are getting up, like, shaking the cobwebs from their head. Volador hands a fan their cell phone. <laughs> I guess somebody dropped their cell phone during the tope. Yeah. And even though Valiente was, like, all all stunned, he still had the courtesy to give the fan back the phone. <laughs> and uh, once again, passing the torch because... Uh, oh, also, I loved... I loved Ultimo Guerrero's moves where he did these topes almost like a hip like a hip bumper, uh-huh. like Boogaloo Tom Shaft or somebody like that. Volador Jr. takes some crazy bumps in wrestling. Like, he does. He, he's one of, like, like that, the, the, the salida de bandera that he does, you know, where they flip over the top rope. Oh, like, yeah. Like I, Jerry Estrada used to do. Yes, His yes. is, like, so... He, his only difference, like, Reyes Scorpion and Jerry Estrada, when they do it, they... And Eddie Guerrero used to do it. They used to stay stay longer, higher up. Yes. And then they would fall. Whereas Volador Jr. just flips over like really fast, where it looks like he's just gonna like he could just die. And, I I've got to admit, I get yeah. a little nervous when I see that. He did that at that one show we went to. Remember? Yes. Because I know, I know Rob Rob saw that afterwards, the video of that, and he was like, "How did he survive that?" I was like, "He was fine." And he talked to us he afterwards. Was, I like, mean, uh, maybe he just he just really talented. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> Well, kind of how Conan once referred to Jack Evans as Gumby because he keeps crashing, yeah. but he keeps getting up. Well, he did break down, though. He, he did eventually, yep. Yeah. No, no, right now he just broke. He broke his ankle. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Wait, 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 wait. I was thinking... Jack Evans? Jack Evans. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh. Yeah, you don't know this. You're not up to date I was on thinking this, of though. his partner who got hurt. Teddy Hart? Not Teddy Hart. Um... Uh, Angelico. Angelico. Yeah, that guy. Remember, that guy gets hurt all the time, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was, I was impressed. <laughs> he's, the, he's the opposite of your uh, whatever. Atlantis absolutely, was. absolutely, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, but but Jack Evans' tracker is pretty good for. Yeah, him. yeah, These yeah. Crazy moves that should have hurt him. Yeah. And it's an ankle. It's not even what you would expect. An ankle. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. I'm better an ankle than a neck or yeah. a back or. A <laughs> yeah. Um, that also, I just loved that. Uh, Superplex that Ultimo Guerrero. Yeah, the the deadlift superplex. Yes, that yeah. was amazing. I mean, I could see he put his one hand on the turnbuckle for support, but still. Yes, to be able to do that. Yeah, but you're doing that with Volador. You're Jr. doing also. Volador, <laughs> who could probably make anybody yeah. look like yeah. a genius. You know, it's weird because a lot of people criticize Volador Jr. for using the same formula in his matches, which he does. But mm-hmm. I mean. I don't think there's a guy who can make a guy look like you would have to be really bad to have a good ma- have a bad match with Volador Jr. Absolutely, I agree. Because I think he's like one of the guys who knows how to like just like just for you to lift them. He's probably like one of the easier guys to lift and stuff like that. Whereas other guys, it like it looks like they're just like you kind of wonder what the fuck's going on in the match. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, he, that 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 spot right there was just amazing. Oh, I I, I remember. When I was trained by Mickey Doyle like 30-something years ago, I weighed Damn. maybe 160 pounds. Uh-huh. He probably weighed 240 pounds. And There's could... no way you weighed 160 pounds, Kurt. <laughs> uh, 160 pounds, yeah. yeah. I'd like to weigh 160 pounds, man, believe me. I can't get below this one. No, I'm saying you looked a lot smaller back then. I was pretty small, but yeah. you know, around this time, this was, this was when I was actually getting some work. Yeah. So I was trying to be as big as I could. Uh, but he knew how to go up for moves where I was actually able to pick him up for body slams. Wow. And shit. I mean, we didn't actually have matches, but yeah. he was training me and I'm like, you know, and then I'd do that with other guys and they just couldn't do it. Yeah. So See, there's guys like Volador. And I think there's, that's something that a lot of the fans don't realize. Like they, when they, when they complain about a guy, they don't really think, Hey, you know, how is this match? 
how is this guy able to lift? Why is this guy looking good? Well, because the other guy is actually helping him out. You know, it's not just it's Absolutely. not just it's not just the American wrestler or the Japanese wrestler who's having an amazing match. It's, the luchadors know how to do some stuff. They too, do. They do. I mean, there's some who are artists. Yeah, Volador Junior knows how to wrestle. He it's is not, amazing. Yeah. And you know, I know I said this before, um, but when he lost his mask, I think that was a big turning point in his career. Yeah. He was always great, but man, sure. He, besides you ridiculously killing him, calling, him, calling Chris, Chris Kattan. <laughs> <laughs> As Doctor Jerry Graham would say, that's no derogatory yeah. statement. Yeah. But no, he he is so expressive. He has he's, yeah. He's just a great baby face. Plus, he has a. Sm- he, I like how I mentioned he has a smug look to him because he's kind of always like grinning. He's yes, always, like, grinning, yes, like, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> he even had they had the parrot. He had the parrot ringside. Remember, it was hit. The parrot was with um, Volador during Carbonari. Yes, I love that. And he's even looking that. at the parrot and like doing like fist bumps with him. And at one point, I remember Carbonari even yeah, like, the 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 the... <laughs> I still think the best thing from um, that Carbonari's. Um, do, um, the En Busca de Un Idolo uh-huh. was when he won En Busca de Un Idolo or a trios match. I think he might have just won the trio. Tri- it was the trios match involved in, with those guys in that match. Yes. He grabbed Zacharias Perico and just threw him up in the air. <laughs> like, yay! <laughs> yeah. I love it. And, uh, <clears throat> and again, the passing of the torch because uh, um, Volador pins Valiente <clears throat> And or defeats my camera if he def- pinned him or submitted him. Then uh, Ultimo Guerrero takes out uh, Volador, and then Cavernario takes out Ultimo Guerrero to win the tournament with the Cavernaria. And it's like these uh, these guys who uh, should be pushed to the moon are might be pushed to the moon now. They better be. They, well, they kind of are. I mean, Volador and Ultimo Guerrero are. Like, no, I'm, uh, no, I'm talking about Valiente um, and Valiente and Cavernari. Well, Valiente has been in main events like nonstop. People have complained. Good, finally, yes. it's about time. Yeah, I think there it they, is about. Time. I always laugh when people are like talking about these guys should be pushed more, and it's like these guys are perfectly fine. It's the other. It's the other. Like, there's about fifty other guys. Oh that yeah, yeah. But I do think uh, Puma I mean, uh, Tiger. I mean, comparatively, though, Valiente's push. Yeah, he's always, he's always been he's always been the more, yeah now it's been yeah more and I'm 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 just happy and then I loved because I I didn't understand it at first the first thing I see is they win and you see Carvernario going yeah up rush the aisle. yeah I went why is he leaving and no he's going to his mom and dad yeah and they came, they flew in from Guadalajara or drove did they in from, really yeah from Guadalajara to see this match oh I love that yeah. moment that was wonderful and then you see like he goes over there and you see Volador Jr. holding the the trophy he's got the other one and he gives the other trophy to yes, the yes, parent yes. so Zacharias Perico gets a couple of shots with him holding the trophy in fact I wish I knew I I, I, I couldn't I wish I knew what the parrot was saying because yeah. they, they yeah they do the they do bite. like they have um, Julio Cesar I love Rivera the sound bites. yeah do you know there? you know he's coming on um, March 26th to uh, Oxnard no way yeah the parrot oh it's gonna be God. the parrot Nero Casas and Felino no yeah okay <laughs> You're like, that's a road trip, dude. <laughs> I think it's a road trip. I think we're there. You think so? I think so. I uh, Okay, let me know. Because oh I really do. I think that's like the... I want to see this. That's the bucket list. I want to be there. I like how I mentioned this on this show. If this show gets posted afterwards, we apologize. But, you know, we're... we're <laughs> I don't think... I'll, I'll probably be posting this before that. Because it's... What? This week is... um Yeah. Classica this week. Next week will be Lucha World Podcast. Yeah, so it'll be... It'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So I just wanted to put my two cents in about just yeah. how amazing this match was, how much I enjoyed watching it, and just 
this is wrestling done correctly. This is when they do things right. Yeah, so then our schedule March 19th, that's a definite. Yes, that is definite. Tra- Los Traumas and Dr. Cerebro. Well, it's just Trauma 2, and I don't know if it's both. I think it's Trauma 2 and Dr. Cerebro. Oh, okay. But there's a new Matematico. I saw that. Do you know the story behind that? No, but it looks he looks familiar, though. I kind of, I'm kind of wondering if it's one of the local... That's what I was wondering, because remember there was some local guy calling himself Super Munieco for... No, I don't know about that, but Recently I mean... Recently there was. Matematico traveled here, remember? Yeah, I remember that show that. he went Two to. years ago. So I'm kind of wondering, maybe he gave, he handed down the mask to somebody Possibly. else. Because the, the eyes kind of look familiar to me. I wonder who it could be. Hmm. I think it might be somebody we know, and it might be good. Like, yeah. well, if we go, if we could get backstage access, I'll be like, oh, yes, I know who that is. Like, I, you could tell from just them wrestling who it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and Cholo and, will be there. And no matter who's under the mask, Matematico pictures are good photo ones. Yeah. It's one of the yeah. coolest masks ever. Yes. So, yeah, we look forward to that show. Maybe, maybe the Oxnard show? Maybe, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping. I know I'm doing something on the 25th, but I think the 26th might be free. So. Negro Casas. And it's at, a, it's at a restaurant, that. too. Even better. Hey. Hang out with Nero Casas. Dinner with the stars. I'll, I'll contact. <laughs> you know what I'll do? Like, if you say yes, I'll contact Nero Casas. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. His, 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 his wife or his kid. His that'd daughter. be cool. Oh, yeah. my God. And we'll try to get Nero Casas and Felino interviewed. And we'll have Felino, like, <laughs> we'll have a photo op of you, like, smelling Felino's arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. That would be awesome. Like getting that would be like the that would fill out my entire year of like interviews right, right there. That would right, right there, right yeah. there. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Uh, we will hopefully have a new, another podcast after Dos Leyendas. I'm not sure when we'll be doing the next Lucha World podcast or the Lucha Classica because, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to try to get interviews with a. We're going to be attending a couple of shows. And we're going to try to get interviews with a couple of um, luchadors. And um, I think I'm not sure how busy I'm going to be. Not just, not just, um, not just with um, those 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 two weekends, but also translating the, the interviews and whatever else I end up doing. So um, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye.